Welcome back. Welcome in. It's Friday. We typically preview football games. Uh, I don't know about you, Chris Anderson. I spent my entire week writing about the football game that was going to happen because I wanted to bank some off time. Um, that changes. Shift our focus completely to basketball and pretty redeeming. Yeah, I uh, on Tuesday, Tuesday's a, a, day, a day for me where I do a lot of work during the day. And then my mother-in-law also picks up the kids from school. So then I also, I, I work like all day long. Obviously that's when Neil Brown does his press conference, but I pre-write a lot of things as well for later in the week, the Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and into Saturday morning. And needless to say, there's a, a few things that were written that are completely useless, was a complete waste of my time, uh, as we did not find out until Wednesday afternoon, when not only our network, but seemingly every network up and down the East Coast was down. Yeah. Uh, with the Amazon problems and, and that the game was canceled. And we kind of flipped into full-fledged mm, Thanksgiving slash basketball mode there for the rest of the week. Can we get the very important thing out of the way here before we talk about West Virginia winning the Bad Boy Mowers Crossover Classic Championship? Nice job getting the whole title in. Mm-hmm. Nice. I'm going to get a riding mower out of this. <laughs> Dan uh, which I can't. I just can't. No, I can't do it. Yeah, we. I mean, we can discuss it, but I can't. I can't. I can't listen to him. I really can't. It's hard. Who? Who is Oshibwe? <laughs> oh God, I don't. I don't know. And, it, and it's not like that was the first of the three West Virginia games he did in three days, but it was all today. And and he did games last year too, I believe. Like I mean, not a bunch, but he did a couple. Like, and it's not like this is some seventh or eighth man on some like team that's going to finish eighth in their middling conference. This is a starter, former five-star recruit on a top 25 team that, you know, you've covered before. I don't know. I don't know. Lord, Lord knows I say some silly things on here and screw up and say something wrong, but that that's, that's uncalled for. I think he did. I think he did on purpose, to be honest. I, I don't know what happened. Was the I mean they call him O, right? That's that's what his teammates right. call him. They call him O. So and maybe like O, O Shibwe. Maybe he's abbreviating it. Or who's that guy? Oh, Shibwe. Like something like that. Like you see him make a play in the gym. Who's that? Oh, Shibwe. And they just think it's O Shibwe. I don't know. And also he doesn't have like the the reddish hair that he had a couple of weeks ago. So that's not even uh-huh. an excuse because maybe he has the <laughs> Irish appeal if he has the 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 red lettuce. But no, he's back to normal color. Um, and then, and again, that's the only redeeming part about Sheepway this this weekend. It thinks is that he got into a Dan Dockage uh, meme online. Um, I have a likely unpopular opinion. Um, mm-hmm. I like Dockage. Listen to him. I don't listen mm-hmm. to him enough that I get tired of him. Like I understand that there's like a, an army of people out there who can't stand him, and and people who listen to his radio show or follow him on Twitter. I don't do any of that, so I'm getting small doses. But I enjoy it. It, it feels like I'm watching the game with. I don't want to say a friend. But someone who is aligned with me as far as my personality, or just like brutally honest, that stinks, that's good, can't do that, do more of that. I don't know. I kind of like that instead of like the polish that you often see with commentators who are trying to be how, you know, I'm the smartest guy in the room or whatever. I played or here's an X and an O. And he's just, there's not a whole lot of planning or, or premeditation with what he says. He just sees it and says it. And I kind of like that. But I'm guessing he searches his name on Twitter. Oh yeah. During the have game? you not have you not gotten a response from him before? I, I've had very nice back and forth with him too. Oh. Um in, in the past on stuff. Like I don't I'm trying to figure out where it was and I couldn't find it, but he he knew who I was, I I believe, just from, from stuff and I'm guessing from researching whatever, but we've had 
cordial conversations back and forth. And then I like I look at his timeline and it is not like that with everybody else. So I feel like I'm an esteemed and rare company, but that has something to do with like why I like him, why I'm not going to rip him. But uh, I just thought it was funny that like we kept calling this guy, oh, sheep boy all game. And I was like, am I, am I mishearing this? I wasn't sure. And then my wife brought it up and all of a sudden he brings it up because I'm guessing he was getting chiseled away on Twitter by Kentucky and West Virginia fans, <laughs> which is funny because he does seem like he's very into his own character and he tries to, He's like a pro wrestler at a house show. He's going to hit his moves to make the fans happy, which is kind of his shtick, I guess. But he's very much about his own brand, and he's killing Calipari for being about his own brand, too. I thought that was hilarious, actually. And I think he probably knew it. Um, be careful. He might, Knowing him, he might have a, a bot that tracks all podcasts and hears his name, and, and you're going to get a message from him later. So well, I guess it might be a pleasant message since you haven't said anything yeah. uh, unkind of him. Well, let's go to the unkind stuff, I guess. I don't know. I, I really don't have a whole lot bad to say about West Virginia. I think if you were thinking this would look like a top 15 or a top five team in this event with the circumstances being as they were, never mind against the opposition, you're, you're probably going to be disappointed by this. But I think you can look individually at each game and say, listen, there, there's bump spots, there's blights, but that's a pretty good road trip, I think. Yeah, you know, there were some ups and downs, but ended up three, you know, that's always great. And was there a name like Memphis or, uh, you know, Kentucky or anything like that, like a big time name or whatever you want to say? But no, but we are also talking about three teams that might all end up in the NCAA tournament, three teams that might end up winning 20 games. Well, maybe not 20 games because of the shortened season, but, you know, finishing above 500, competing for their conference championship and getting into the NCAA tournament. Like this is in a typical year. You come back and you look at this, and we, we've talked about this before, about, hey, you want to know the key to scheduling is to schedule those teams that are kind of okay, pretty good, and later on down the road, they just come a number on your resume as a really good-looking win when they might not have actually been that tough. These teams are a little bit better than that. These teams are guys that, that, are, that show up as uh, positives on your resume when it comes into NCAA tournament time. So uh, there is nothing to be ashamed about with this performance in South Dakota this weekend. I mean, I, there's obviously some things you got to look at and got to get fixed. Some things that are positives, but three and O against is, you know, South Dakota state, what they were projected to go in the NCAA tournament. They were in there last year. VCU is a regular in there, Western Kentucky. I mean, that, that guy for, for them today, that's, that's a lottery pick. That's an yeah. NBA draft special right there. Yeah. And they'll, they'll be contending for NCAA tournament time too. So Nothing to be ashamed at, at all. It kind of built up, too. They, they had their, their secret scrimmage, so to speak, against San Diego State. West Virginia usually plays that against, like, um, you know, like an Ohio State or a Xavier or Purdue, it seems like. So that's, like, your competition team. Your, your scrimmage is against, like, a, a Division II lesser opponent. At VCU, I don't know, I'm not quite on solos. Like they play in a good league, and they're kind of young, but definitely the lesser of the three teams. Right. And then you get, like, your, your marquee season opening op uh, opponent that, that felt like Western Kentucky, just a really athletic team that could, could match up with West Virginia and, and cause and solve problems with its personnel. And, and every game, they looked a little bit better offensively. I think got maybe more efficient, but not as, as potent as the tournament went along defensively looked lost at times that everything that had to do with the personnel. Um, and then listen, they got, they got pushed around for like 25, 30 minutes of that game. And then, I think settled in at the start of the second half, just didn't didn't stop everything, but was scoring okay. 
and then hit a timeout and said, you guys are down 10 to a, in a tournament you're supposed to win. You better get your act together. And they did. Ripped off a huge run. I mean, did not seal it up at the end of the game. Kind of made some goofy plays. Uh, but listen, far from perfect, like, like I said this too, they played left-handed. Maybe that's not fair because most of their players are left-handed. They played with their off-hand, <laughs> I guess, for most of the game. But like they, they were they were fine. And I, I guess some of the stuff that we'll get into is personnel, like how much of that is it's a concern right now. And not that like you're going to lose guys like Sheway or Matthews or McBride for the year, Sheba McKay for the year, but you better hurry up because the schedule is coming quick and it's not very forgiving. And, you know, we're looking at a Wednesday game against the number one team in the country that scored 100 and change against Kansas. It's a pretty good defensive team. And some question marks, personnel or execution on offense, frankly, looks a lot like it did last year on offense. Oh, whole lot like it did last year on offense. Um, my big takeaway, I mean, not just with the offense, but the team in general is, and this is for some reason going to surprise a lot of people listening to this, but uh, Bob Huggins might know what he's talking about. Mm. Um, you remember before the season when he said, uh, the team and the group that is always winning in practice always has Derek Culver on their team. Yeah, it looks like it. I mean, he looks, he looks good. He looks better. He, he again, last year, I, I said when I was talking about last year's team, which one of these guys on this team actually played up to their 100% of their potential. And Culver was not one of them last year. Mm-hmm. He's closer this year so far through three games, again, with small sample size and all that. But this looks more like Derek Culver that I think uh, people were expecting. Uh, he said that the guy that NBA scouts, pro, pro scouts and pro personnel are asking about is Miles McBride. Uh, yeah, <laughs> he, he's miles mcbride is doing miles mcbride things plus a little extra and after the game today he said that gabe osaboyan is the guy that sets the tone for that entire team and it could not have been more obvious today because that defense there there was very little effort a lot of communication issues guys uh, just just it seems strange. I went over it on our board for our VIP members about the UCLA cut and, and the screen and roll that Western Kentucky was doing. And it was very basic stuff, very, very basic stuff that, you know, kind of popularized by John Wooden, which is uh, 50 years ago, 60 years ago. And then it, it kind of phased out, not totally phased out, but it, it can be defended because it's pretty basic. We ran it when I was like in JV basketball in high school. This is not tough stuff, but it was confusing the heck out of West Virginia. And then Gabe got in there and Gabe just decided to out outsmart Western Kentucky with effort. I don't even know if that makes sense, but all of a sudden you just saw guys for West Virginia. Gabe got on guys was all over them. And then the rest of the team seemed to follow suit. So uh, might want to listen to the future hall of fame coach. He might know what he's talking about. And Culver McBride, Osaboyan, all pretty good players. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. 
I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'll make the tournament team. Oh, so boy, my guy makes it with scoring 12 points in the entire tournament, and he makes the all-tournament team. Yeah. I know the championship team is going to probably get two, sometimes three on there, but that's not the, I mean, I'm glad he did. He was, he was instrumental. I think in all three games, especially today, he got you eight points, eight rebounds, five assists. Um, yeah, that's, I'm not sure the numbers are what you expect every game, but that's sort of well-rounded finger in the dike kind of thing where he comes in and he figures out what's working and what isn't working. And he solves one problem and helps and helps another one. Um, he's going to do that plenty. Let's, um, let's talk to me about the one, I think glaring thing that maybe is going to be uncomfortable to talk about, but, Oscar Shibway didn't look like himself out there. And I want to go back to the opening game where it was not actually the, the play-by-play crew we had today. It was the other gentleman. But they said in passing that they were, they were praising Shibway as this NBA talent, you know, this McDonald's All-American, this sure thing, can't miss guy, who the head coach said probably should have spent more time on basketball over the summer. Mm. Mm-hmm. That's, not, that's not something that just gets said in passing that it's just the first thing you volunteer about the kid or that doesn't get followed up on. Um, that's probably one of those things that comes out of your production meetings when the head coach and the, and the, the play-by-play team talks, and that was what Huggins chose to say. I'm not sure he knew or intended it to get on the air, but it got on the air. And there's been things about that that have been mentioned. Um, we've, we've documented some of them on our podcast before. I don't know if he looked out of shape, if he looked you know disinterested, if he just didn't get in. I mean, he was in foul trouble right away to start the season. Um, I thought he played okay yesterday once he got going in the second half, but again, just saddled today with, with issues and just wasn't there and they needed him. And when he played, I don't know, man, like I just watched some of those guys and, and it stands out most with him because his defining quality is his motor, his drive, his engine. He keeps going and going and going. And he was getting beat up and down the floor and getting boxed out or just not boxing people out and getting jumped over or scooted around. And that was unusual to me and also still, still kind of delicate around the rim. It was good to see him dunk and finish on a high low today. That was good, but... Uh, two things. One, he's got to be on the floor to be effective, but he's also got to be revved up a little bit more to be effective than we saw in three games. Is that fair observation or critique? Very, very fair. I think, um, you know, I don't think there's ever really Ill, any ill intention or bad intention with, with some of the stuff like that was going on this summer, but I think he did kind of take his mind away from basketball, enjoyed some of the limelight a little bit, um, and it actually came up in pregame in a discussion I was having with somebody on Twitter, they had sent me a tweet of Oscars. Like, apparently today was his birthday as well. Mm-hmm. And it was a picture of him in front of this brand new, uh, gorgeous looking truck. And with his feet up there, arms out wide, big smile, you know, just having a great time. But you know how it is with big time recruits and, and in college in college athletes. And you get a picture of them in front of a, a $75,000 car. It's just, it's like, hey, come on, don't do that. Even though this is an old picture, we've seen it before. It came from the summer. It is a family friend's. It's not his. He's never driven it. All that stuff. I can already tell all of you guys that. So don't think that. But it's just kind of like, hey, why are you? Stop posting that picture. Stop worrying about that kind of stuff. Get back to the bat. Let's get back to the basketball. And it, it happened. You know, he posted it like an hour before tip today. And it's like, oh, why? Why are you posting that? But again, I don't think there's any ill intention there. I think he's just enjoying the limelight a little bit and 
I I hadn't heard. I, I missed that 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 comment about from the first crew. Oh yeah, that Huggins brought that up. And um, again, it's fair. It's a fair fair thing to say. There are some guys that enjoy that limelight in in a bad way and won't get back on track. I think Oscar's a guy that can. I think he's just first time in his life that he's really got all that and and, and enjoyed it a little too much and didn't concentrate maybe as much this summer as he should have kind of hard to blame people for wandering during that that really awkward prolonged period away and even when you came back you got disbanded right away it's i don't know it's it's difficult the variables here are so much different than a normal off season so perhaps i had to do that but the comment caught my attention right away and then just the performance just he wasn't bad he just wasn't who or what both what we had expected last season and expected this season whereas you look at colburn you can see colburn has has tucked in a few loose ends and and seems like he's more alive with what he said he vowed to be, which is a good sign there, too. Um, a couple other tournament-wide observations here. The starting lineup, I don't think it's, it was a, a surprise. We kind of assumed Shibway and Culver together. One, I was curious if they would do that. I don't know, because let's say you want to get to a hot start offensively in the season. Perhaps you go to a more offensive lineup that isn't going to get you in some of those slogs that the two bigs sometimes can. But those who start together, Matthews. Um, and then probably not a surprise, Deuce McBride with McNeil. We kind of figured it'd be McNeil. Or Sherman with McBride and the other three, but eh, that was fine. I would say, though, that in every game, three-guard lineups were far more effective. How long until we see more of a lean in that direction? If for the starting lineup, probably never. On the floor, uh, though? Yeah, on the floor, I think we're, we're very much trending that direction. And I think um, it's... It is the best lineup. You brought it up in your VIP notes before the first game that that's what you were hearing was was kind of maybe the best lineup was going that way, and going with somebody with a four, with the quote unquote four being Gabe or Emmett Matthews or what have you. Um, it's I like it for reasons we already see as far as how it spaces out the offense, gets things going, but you can also kind of keep one Culver and, and Shibway, they just have a hard time being on the offense and having spacing. It, it's, it's difficult. Really. The only thing you can do is that high low. And that's not always going to be there. And you, you spread them out and you go with the three guards and maybe someone more of a four like Matthews or Gabe. And then you can ha- always have Culver or Shibway on the floor. You never have a weakness. You never have one of them not on the floor. So that always helps. I think, I don't think you're ever going to see it in the starting lineup. I think it's going to be just like we've seen Huggins do all the time with all his lineups. We saw him do it last year with McCabe, for instance, where McCabe started every game but would have games where he'd play five minutes and then we'd never see him again. Um, There may be times this year where we see Oscar and Derek start the game. It bails after about six minutes, and then we maybe see it to start the second half and then don't see it ever again. So um, I think you're going to see more of it, yeah. They didn't do a whole lot of Shibway, Culver, and three guards the first game and a half, two games even. Um, a lot of it, I shouldn't say a lot of it, enough of it today to give you a look at it, but it just seemed like they were better when that four was Matthews or or um, Osaboyan. And I would say markedly better with Osaboyan. And there's the concern of that. They don't want to they don't want to make their four have to do some funky stuff and come out and match up against, you know, a third guard or fourth guard for another team or, or a, a wing player because that can be difficult. Um and I think that they like the versatility or just maybe the overall defense of Osa Boyan more than Matthews. Matthews just looked like he had a hard time on defense sometimes. Um, and, and again, him, he was, there were, there were visions of last year's Emmett Matthews and maybe not enough of the one from that you saw early last season, because really the one thing he had going last season was he got off to a great start in the schedule 
hard to say that happened here, but which leads me to this too. Um, it, it looks like they've made up their mind, including the player about Jordan McCabe. Um, just a guy coming off the bench, giving you some minutes um, and, and did a good job in every game. Overall, he had some spots in the, in the second game that didn't look great, but he's really good in the second half, but then just didn't play much at all today, but they just kind of made up their mind. Like, listen, our best direction does not feature you right now. Let's work on making that a different story. But for the now, we're not doing that. And I wonder if and when they do that with Matthews too, because who do you move off the floor if you're if you're playing three guards? Is it Matthews? Probably. That's that's kind of an interesting thing for me right now is what do you do with Matthews and what do you do with that four spot? Do you put Matthews there and have him guard big guys? I don't know. It seems like Osaboyan's better off doing that, but he can guard a smaller guy. But I don't know what they do with Matthews and if he follows the McCabe trajectory where you're in the cylinder right now. Let's work on get you out of it because right now there's guys who are better when they're on the floor than him. And, and the playing time and the stats seem to indicate that. Yeah. After the game, Huggins mentioned that there were some guys that were, I mean, these are his words that, that were pouting, that were pouting because they weren't playing as much as they uh, thought they should. Or, and I'm, I'm, well, let me see if I can find the quote, but quoting then maybe the minutes they had, maybe had a year ago. Um, you look up and down who played today how much and when, and it doesn't leave a lot of room for, you know, conjecture. Uh, I think it, it's pretty clear who he's talking about there. So I, I think it, it's going to have to turn around quick. Maybe they'll try a couple things here, but this is the problem with the no, um, no exhibition, no easier games to be quite frank. I mean, these are there, there's no pushover games that you're winning by 50 and maybe you're rolling out there lineups, trying different things. This is just kind of is what it is right now. And there are going to be guys that just aren't going to play. Um, we deal with this every year when, when I try to figure out the minutes and make projections on who's going to play how much. You got to look at the last 20 or so games of the year instead of the first 10. Because the first 10 before this year, Huggins like to dabble a little bit, try different things, give guys some some extra time. And a lot of times these were blowout wins. And that's just there aren't going to be many of those this year. So rotation is going to tighten up and there's going to be guys that are left out. And like Huggins said, some guys that might be pouting. Um, last one, and then we can get into some observations, a positive probably to go out of here, but newcomers, hardly any impact. They played uh, Isaiah. Help me out. Cottrell. 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 It's Cottrell. I don't know. Okay. I'm not sure. It, it changed a whole bunch. I thought it was Cottrell. We'll ask. Uh, he played and, and got good minutes and, it looks like he's got a, a, a knack for offense. They don't have a problem in there, but he looked like he was in his first three games of college. That's fine. He'll be out there again soon. Uh, Bridges, um, small number of minutes. And again, if they're, if they're diminishing the role of that position that Matthews plays, and that's going to swallow him up too a little bit. And he just didn't talk them out of that yet. And then Keydrian Johnson had some eventful playing time, but really didn't do a whole lot with the newcomers and, and didn't need to or want to. But you're, you're looking at, again, you're, you have probably – 12 guys you can play with, maybe 11, because I'm not sure how much Taj Speed will play and really how much of those three are going to play. You can do a whole lot of spreading out the minutes among eight and maybe one, maybe, maybe two of those newcomers. Does that worry you at all, or you think it's the way the schedule is right now? It's going to be hard for those guys to get in the floor for all the mentions, all the reasons you just mentioned. These aren't going to be blowouts. These are going to be competitive games. Yeah, I mean, uh, it doesn't worry me too much. I, I think the only thing you really have to worry about is just trying to keep their, keep their attention, keep them focused. Uh, basketball... College athletics in general uh, are not doing well as far as guys sitting the bench for a year or two before they really start getting involved. Uh, but especially with basketball, that doesn't really happen anymore. 
So I think that would be my only real concern here. But this kind of thing, like, I just don't know who was expecting to come in and play a ton of minutes this yeah. season. Because, again, the major contributors from last year that are gone were Jermaine Haley, who played a, a, a lot of minutes and one of the most on the team, and Chase Harler. And that's it. And you're going to fill that most likely by giving more minutes as they did towards the end of the year to Taz Sherman and Sean McNeil. So where else are the minutes coming from? And I don't think you're finding that many. Again, uh, Cottrell Cottrell is filling in for the handful of minutes that Logan Rout, you know, gave Oscar and Derek a breather. And that's mm-hmm. about it. And then maybe you try to throw bridges out there and see what he can do. And, and it, you know, I don't, as you mentioned, this Gabe was amazing. Eight points, eight rebounds, five assists, steal, block, no turnovers. <laughs> like, that yeah. is – we we talked about guys who were playing up to their full potential and reached their ceiling. This is above and beyond, I think, the ceiling for Gabe, at least as far you know, compared to what we've seen in the past. So this shouldn't be expected expect to play almost 25 minutes in a game. So I think maybe he took a few more minutes than he should have. But what's going to change here? Oscar's also not going to play 17 minutes a game. So there's guys that got more minutes than they should have. Um, it's, it is what it is right now. This is a, a decent team with some guys with the experience and Huggins has found some rotations that he's like, it's going to be hard to kind of break into that seven or eight man rotation right now. Yeah. 32, 24, 12, three pointers guys were not making shots. Um, they have some guys who think they can and who probably will, but they got away from that today, especially when they got back in the game, much more organized than whatever semblance of offense they had. Um, so it looks like they're figuring things out pretty quickly in, in con- key areas of concern. And then again, just just who fills those spots is going to probably determine, you know, what other, I don't know, I don't want to say problems, what other question marks linger and which ones they, they get rid of there too. So again, very early, three good teams. Again, they look like a top half of the top 25 team, which which is fine. There's nothing wrong with that right now. They're, they're, their best is certainly ahead of them. They're not a, they don't return a roster like South Dakota State did. If they did, and they played like they did the first three games, you might be a little bit worried about that. But competition, the variables in front of this, it's, again, not a bad road trip there. Any any surprises, good or bad for you, we haven't hit on yet? Um, I'm, surprised, I'm surprised the tournament competition was as good as it was. Like, those were good teams in the games I was watching. Yeah, absolutely. I'm surprised a little bit about, you know, we... I hey, like I said, if if Taz Sherman and Sean McNeil live up to the hype I had for them heading into last season, that'd be great. But McNeil playing 37 minutes, 37 today. Mm-hmm. And I like, you know, one of the tops on the team, I think, for the whole tournament as far as being on the court. And yeah, he provides a lot. Again, he's more athletic than people give credit for. He's doing a much better job defending than he did last year. And he can make shots when he gets hot. He hasn't exactly gotten hot yet. But that's a, that's a lot of minutes. I mean, I don't think that's sustainable all year long, 34 minutes a game currently through three. So I think, you know, maybe a few more go to Taz. It, it, it's just surprising to me that McNeil really truly went from, you know, seventh, eighth, ninth man to leading minute man on this team. A little bit surprising there. I thought they looked a little slow at times too. Like the team they played today was really fast. VCU was fast. And I'm not sure South Dakota State was fast, but they ran their stuff so fast. They're, they're constant, constant, cutting, cutting, cutting nonstop. And then just watching get guys get beat up and down the floor, that was surprising to me. And when when they got pressed a little bit, especially yesterday, it just felt like McCabe and McBride just didn't have that that zip to 
to beat that and to get in front of the defense instead of staying behind it, which makes me wonder, like, could could Sherman, who's probably faster with the ball in his hand than certainly, I think, um, front to back McCabe. McCabe likes to move around a little bit, too, so that does it. But, you know, could could Sherman play some point or do more ball handling stuff? Kedrian Johnson's probably a little bit further away, but you can see that he's fast. And he, I mean, he, he does move fast. It's not it wasn't all great results here, but he did it quickly. Um, I wonder how they can try to get more speed in there. And again, it may just be as simply as playing three guards more often. That could solve a lot of their issues there too. I was surprised they did as much three guard as they did because I don't, I don't want to say Huggins is stubborn, but he really sticks with what he trusts and believes in, which makes me think that hasn't changed. What has changed is that he trusts and believes in that three guard look more too. I kind of wonder how much we'll see that and how soon. And can they do that against? Can they do that against Gonzaga? I don't know if they can or not because I they might have to though because. That would be my biggest concern heading into that game is is how they're going to get by Gonzaga after watching the struggles against the VCU press and seeing that you know McBride was okay trying to break that press not great I mean that's not his forte that that that's not what he yeah. is he, he's not a press breaking point guard um, McCabe might be but I think he gets a little too loosey goosey with it. And, and really can't do it. So I don't know if West Virginia has a guy that can do that on the team. And, um, and, and that could put you in a bad spot when you face a team like Gonzaga that, that's just going to say, screw it, We're, we can match you physically and athletically and depth-wise. Let's, let's go. And, and they might push up on West Virginia. And I don't know if they have the ball handlers to do that, like a single ball handler to do that. So you might have to go full-on three ball handlers for the entire game just to try to make up for it. Yeah. Uh, Amazon web services broke on Wednesday. You know what else broke, Chris? What's that? News that West Virginia got into the Jimmy V Classic against Kentucky. Oh, yes. Um, Wednesday in Indianapolis. I'm not sure the game time yet. I'm guessing that though they're going to have to get rid of Youngstown State or some other game won't happen and they'll get Youngstown State in. I don't know what they'll do with Jared Calhoun. I'm, I'm assuming that Huggins does not want to leave him hanging on a – on a game in the series. So that'll probably get done one way or the other, but right now they're maxed out on games. So that's it. How great would it be though, if you're on the West Virginia team and you're getting ready to play in this tournament, you know, three games, three days, you're the favorite highly anticipated season. And you get that, that Wednesday night meeting, or I don't know, maybe they get called into the meeting. Like, Hey guys, jump on zoom for a second. Or, hey, come down to the ballroom. All right, what's up? Now we got news. And you're thinking, Oh no, a positive test, you know, for us, for them, what happened? And, you get on the Zoom or you get in the meeting, and Huggins says, hey, I just called ESPN, and I got us into a game against Gonzaga on Wednesday night. How do you feel? Those guys probably just I, I went nuts, I would guess. I'm surprised they didn't win every game by 40. Um, but, like, man, how cool would that be, knowing that your coach just picked up the phone and said, get my guys in? And they said, yeah, we got you. We'll pick you up. How, how great would that be for those guys? Uh, that's, uh, you know, I hope they I hope they use that clip of him talking about that for recruiting stuff. Because recruits got to think that's cool. Players got to think that's cool. That Bob Huggins can literally call ESPN and say, have us play the number one team in the country on national television next week. Do it. And it's done. <laughs> I, I mean, I can't, again, I like you. Like, knowing, 20, knowing 2020, you're getting that call that, hey, come meet up here. I got to tell you something. Oh, crap. Here we go. What is it going to be? And it ends up being that, like just just absolutely losing it there, just absolutely losing it out there in South Dakota. I don't know if Sarah Raymond went to South Dakota. She's their she's their videographer that does all their digital stuff and social media. Um, she's excellent. 
they're all good for football and basketball. She's really good at what they do there with their all her packages and highlight stuff. But I hope she was there and I hope she had her camera because if she does, you're right. She's going to have that. It's going to be like a selection Sunday kind of moment, I bet. I hope it exists. Sarah, if you're listening, one, I hope you're listening. But please, I also hope that you, you've got that up your sleeve there because that would be a pretty cool experience there. Yeah, uh, but absolutely. Hey, Pretty cool experience to start the season. Three games, three days. Listen, a lot of obstacles overcome just to get to the event and then to pull it off. Uh, I had to go home with a trophy and to go through all the crap that you went through just to play the games. And, you know, not the most cool and, and calm circumstances. You can't leave the complex. You know, I'm not sure when people wanted to go see Mount Rushmore, but couldn't even do that. You got to stay in the bubble. But business trip, pulled it off. Can't ask for a whole lot more. Um, and, hey, now you got a, a unique and, and – intimidating daunting but unique and and potentially very rewarding opportunity waiting for you yeah i'm not sure i I mean knock on wood here but i I can't really think of a a scenario here where this is a lose for west virginia like even if they lose the game this is a great way to kind of be like hey uh you know you had these three games you got your wins those were some pretty tough opponents but this is it this is the big time let's get this before quite frankly you go into an easier schedule into this December before Big 12 play starts. So I think it was important to get this game on there to work on also the kind of mental preparation that comes with playing a big game before you get to conference play. All right. Well, that'll wrap it up here. We head into an empty weekend with plenty of, well, I don't know, some content on the site. We'll figure it out. I don't know. There'll be some, Might... some words and pictures. <laughs> there'll be some stuff. There'll be there'll be news going on. Again, we're getting to the the home stretch with recruiting. Always interesting stuff going on there. And what basketball again next week. Football will move forward. Get ready for Iowa State and reach out to the Iowa State guys and start setting up some content for heading into that game as well. Again, very big one. They just might have ended Tom Herman's career in in oh. Austin today. Uh, oh, my God. Did you a, watch that? I, I did. I, I How put did they lose that my, game? I put it on my charity bets. I uh, said, you know, this might be Tom Herman's career. So I think he pulls one out and pulls out all the stops. and. He pulled out all the stops by uh, failing on a fourth and eight on a fake punt, going for it on fourth and three inside the 13 when a field goal would have put them up seven with just a handful of minutes left in the game. Instead, chose to just stay up four. Uh, And then Iowa State came down and scored a touchdown to win it. So Um, it's not much else you can say about that there. You're right. It's it's the game of his life there. Um, just the stuff that happened. I'm looking at the stats here. Gained 6.9 yards of play. They had the lead for all but 90 seconds. Mm-hmm. Um, they were up with the ball one, two, three, four times in the third and fourth quarter. And they crossed the 58 times with 10 possessions. They only punted twice. And they scored 20 points and lost. It's pretty remarkable. I'll get you fired. Yeah. yeah especially in Texas, but that'll get you fired. Yeah. Can we start the new round of Texas rumors right now? <laughs> All right. That'll wrap it up for this Cut time. That. Cut that. Cut that. Until next time, uh, I am Mike Kazaza. And I'm Chris Anderson. We'll talk to you later.